Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the WeirdWorks podcast. Today, I have the privilege and the honor to interview one of my colleagues, Sarah Outlaw. Sarah is a functional clinical herbalist and nutritionist, and she holds a master's degree in applied clinical nutrition from Northeast College of Health Sciences. And she is now pursuing her clinical doctorate. She has earned professional certificates as a health coach, clinical master herbalist, and advanced nutrition response testing practitioner. She is a certified emotion code and body code practitioner, quantum nutrition testing practitioner, and advanced cell core muscle testing practitioner. In addition to her busy, thriving Iowa in-person muscle testing and functional nutrition practice, as well as two other practices in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina and Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Sarah also has a virtual practice where she sees patients all over the world. Practitioner and patient education is a passion of hers, so she also helps train and mentor fellow practitioners and teaches on a variety of topics to both practitioners and patients, including teaching muscle testing all over the country. Today, I have the honor of interviewing and introducing you to one of my colleagues, Sarah Outlaw. And I thought it would be fun to introduce you to somebody who is like-minded because you guys hear from me all the time. Um, But Sarah is somebody that I truly admire. And in fact, whenever I think I'm overwhelmed or there's so much on my plate, I can't handle it. I actually think of you, Sarah, and then I stop feeling bad for myself (laughs) really quickly. (laughs) So you didn't know that. Um, But in addition to how awesome she is, I feel like you, Sarah, represent a lot of our listeners out there who are female, are high performers, and who want to stay high performers, but maybe want to learn how to do it not at the expense of their own health and well-being, you know? So we've got a lot of boss ladies out there, and we talk about adrenals, and we talk about thyroid, and we talk about how to prevent burnout and keep going. So I thought Sarah represents a really good um, person who strives I think you do you can tell me if I say anything wrong about you but for that work-life balance because in addition to all her accolades that I read to you guys she's a very grounded person she has a family they have a working farm like she's not just all business and somehow she's figured out how to do it and you can see to her that she's a walking living breathing healthy vibrant example of what we do every single day And also, Sarah, I also, the why of having you on this podcast, I actually went and looked up the definition of outlaw. Her last name is outlaw, you guys. (laughs) So she's not a fugitive of the law, but if you look at other definitions of outlaw, it means one who is rebellious or unconventional. So do you feel like you live up to that name? 
For sure. I feel like I live up to my name and in my profession, for sure. I'm kind of like the living, walking, breathing version of an outlaw at this point. <laughs> I was like, how did, I'm like, did you guys like make that name up? I'm so perfect. I love it. <laughs> I married into it. I I think I got lucky on in that. I think it was yeah. meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I do love like when we interview other practitioners. I love hearing like your story and saying your story out loud because I think a lot of people who choose unconventional healthcare. I know when people say alternative, I say common sense medicine. But did you have your own healing journey that eventually led you to the career you have today? I did. Yes. I did have my own healing journey. Would you like to hear it? (laughs) Yeah, I would love to hear it. I think I listened. All right. Yeah. So basically in a nutshell, um, and I didn't know my healing journey was my healing journey until I really looked back at it because the things I know now as a practitioner, you can see what those red flags are when you look back on your journey. So when I was around seven years old, I was bitten by a tick. We lived in the pine lands of New Jersey and ticks were everywhere. Deer ticks were everywhere. So I remember waking up one morning uh, with a tick on my stomach, middle of my stomach, running into my parents' room, actually passing out because I got up so fast. It's the only time I ever fainted in my life. And my parents just pulled it out and I went on my merry way. And I actually didn't think anything of that tick bite until I was about 35 years old. Wow. Uh, but rewind my entire childhood. I had gut issues. So we are an Italian family. So every Sunday we would have the spaghetti and the salad with the oil and the vinegar and all the things. And I would just feel horrible after Sunday dinner. I'd have to go lay down on my stomach. I would have horrible acidicness. I would feel like I was going to throw up my stomach would bloat. I looked like I was, you know, a seven-year-old pregnant person. (laughs) So I looked like, and Mm -hmm. It kind of continued through those digestive issues continued through and just got worse in college. So I went away to college and then cafeteria food is not the best as I'm sure, you know, and then they had those silver vats that they would fill with the milk. Uh, that's not really milk. It's the, the powdered stuff. Yeah. So gross. I, at that point, I had no idea that food had anything to do with how you felt. No idea. You know, as, as you know, college when I was 16, I was pretty young when I went to college. So, um, so as a 16, 17 year old kid, no idea that food was causing this problem. So I was still having cereal at the cafeteria and I wouldn't go to the bathroom for days and days and days and days and was constipated, had horrible gas. I could clear a room like nobody's business and nobody <laughs> wanted to be around me. Like, I was uncontrollable. It was just horrible. I always looked distended. And so those things continued. We ended up, I ended up getting married when I was 19 and we moved overseas. My husband was in the military. So I, we got married a little bit young because I wanted to go overseas. So we were supposed to wait till I was done college. I still had a year left. We moved overseas and in order to work where I wanted to work, because I always wanted to be a veterinarian, I got a job at the online or the on-base veterinary clinic. And in order to do that, you had to get the same vaccines, a lot of the same vaccines that the soldiers got. So, and I had no idea back then that getting those types of things were, would possibly cause me a problem. So what happened was I got a bunch and I started to get sick right after. So my system spiraled. I gained a bunch of weight. My thyroid went crazy. And I knew this in hindsight now because I know what happened. I went autoimmune, uh, digestive issues continued fatigue, dizziness, all of these symptoms. So I went to the on-base doctor and he said, um, you're fine. Here's a prescription for antidepressant. 
antidepressants, you're depressed. So I was 20 at this point, And even as a 20 year old, I knew that that was not what I was because I was fine that I wasn't fine. Something caused this. There was a cause and effect here. So I walked out of his office very, very discouraged. I remember crying and telling my husband, I don't understand. Like I'm, I'm sick. Like there's something wrong with me. I don't want to get out of bed. I'm so lethargic. I don't want to travel. I can't do anything. Like it's fun there. It's fun to be in Germany when you're 20 years old doing all the fun things. I had no kids, no nothing. So it was like just me and my husband and travel and all this fun stuff and couldn't do any of it. Uh, so my, I actually ended up getting pregnant with my oldest daughter, who's now 22, uh, right before we were able to, ready to leave Germany, I had her. So I had this illness going on, got pregnant with her PCS back to the States. And then once I got her into back into the medical system there, they gave her a bunch of injections at the same time. And she ended up having a reaction because she already had a bunch of junk from me. Right. So I had this going on. I had heavy metals and things in my system. I passed them along to her. She gets injured during this process with the medical system and then compounds things and goes on and on. So then I started having miscarriages. So I had her. Okay. But then my body crashed. So I would have a baby, have a miscarriage, have a baby, have a miscarriage. So I have had six miscarriages during my childbearing career, uh, super, super low progesterone, all those types of things. So I have all these things going on. Finally, I said, you know what? I've, I've kind of had enough. Something's going on here. I started educating myself about food, about um, you know the, the wellness schedule for kids, all those types of things. And realized that the things that I thought I knew, I didn't really know anything about. So I had to rethink my whole uh, way of believing things and made different decisions for my children, made different decisions for myself and started to figure out how to heal myself. And I ran into a muscle testing practitioner, nutrition response testing practitioner. And I believe it was 2009 in California because we moved to California. I was the leader of a holistic moms network uh, chapter there. And one of our speakers was doing this weird voodoo muscle testing thing that I'd never seen before with these vials and these things and putting things on me. And I was like, what is she doing? I'm like, um, I'm Christian. I don't do that. That's the first thing I said. Right. I literally thought it was like magic voodoo. I had never seen like waving things on me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Then she totally blew my mind. She literally took one look at me at that point in my wellness journey. I had cystic acne from ear to ear. I was, I was, a, I was a disaster. I had three kids at that point. And yeah. she's like, you're going to be my example. So I walk up and she tests me and she finds all these things blew my mind with what she found. I was speechless, dumbfounded, signed up with a program with her on the spot. I started seeing her. Then we ended up moving back to New Jersey where there wasn't anybody who mm -hmm. did that work. So I was actually asked to be a nutrition and herbal consultant. Cause I was doing my education at that point by my chiropractor and said, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I need to learn that muscle testing thing. So I started going to school for muscle testing and worked for him for a year, then opened my own practice and kind of everything else is kind of history now. So I opened my own practice, was invited to come to Des Moines by my standard process rep at that point. Uh, we, I opened a practice in Des Moines and then recently last year opened another practice in South Carolina, but with all of the ability that we have actually learned to be able to do this work virtually. I opened a worldwide virtual practice and I'm actually considering closing down some of my physical locations because I don't really need them. I don't really need to have physical locations in every single 
place I have them because I can do so much work virtually. So my healing journey really has just opened up the door from this overweight, frumpy, tired mama who really mm-hmm. couldn't do much, who didn't want to leave her house. I couldn't string a sentence together, Chrissy. I was stuttering so bad. I was so embarrassed to leave my house. Wow. I looked so inflamed. I actually look younger now than I did 17 years ago. I see pictures of me with my 17 year old daughter, my third baby. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I look, I actually look 15 years younger than I did back then, 15 years ago, because I learned how to take care of myself. I had Lyme disease. I had Hashimoto's. I had adrenal craziness going on. I had all these things. And I was able to reverse all of those things and now can live a healthy life where I thought I was going to die. It's amazing, isn't it? It's just cool. And I think it's cool for people to hear. I think sometimes people see us as practitioners and they think we've always had it easy. You know, we've always been the picture of health that they see today and they don't realize like there's a backstory. You never know what somebody's story is ultimately that got them to where they are, right? For sure. Yeah. And most of us, I feel like the best healers, the best practitioners out there are the ones with the stories because we can relate to the people that we see and Mm -hmm. everybody who comes in, who has a symptom. I'm like, yeah, I had that. And I can relate to you. I understand. I know what it's like to spend thousands and thousands of dollars for, you know, practitioners and then get no better because that's what happened. I was seeking and there wasn't anybody who did what I needed. And I went to a practitioner who didn't do really any testing, didn't do anything and just gave me supplements and charged astronomical prices. And I went nine months with no, no visible results, really didn't feel better to the point where my husband said, you know what, we're, this is actually becoming a hardship for us to keep spending this money, you're not getting any better. No offense, hun, but you're not getting any better, you know, kind of a thing. You're still tired. You're still grumpy. You're still this. And I'm like, I know. I remember like falling and saying, I know, I don't know how to fix me, mm-hmm. but I knew I had to. So, um, being able to give answers to people has been, you know, we, and you know, you and I, we do that. We do this work and being able to walk into our practices and look at someone and say, I can help you and literally be confident that you can that you can it's not guesswork it's confidence it's conviction too I love that word conviction because I'm like sometimes I think people think we're so bold and like we make all these claims and we don't make claims to cure or treat diseases but like we have that confidence that we know we can help where others haven't because of the specific system that we use but yeah like exactly what you just described probably describes every single person that's came in and it's really like instilling them hope that there's another way right like your body can heal there's answers even though maybe you've been told that just live with it take a pill drugs and surgery are the only answer you know how many people that you see were told that before they sit in your office right Mm -hmm. yeah they're brain wiring too because they've been told that there's no hope for them right Yeah. And then the other thing that they need to understand, I think that one thing I always like to make sure that people understand is that healing is not linear and it takes time. So even if a practitioner, practitioners like us, even if we have like an initial timeframe where we are doing like a program with somebody, everybody's different. You're not a cookie cutter person. So one healing cycle for the body is about 120 days. So it takes about four months for the red blood cells to replace themselves. So I do, I do usually four month programs initially, but for me, it took four of those four month programs to actually start feeling better because I was so sick. 
So it took me for eight, 12, 16, I would say 18 months, honestly, mm -hmm. before my system said, okay, I think that will let her get better now right. doing all the things, the supplements, the changes in diet, all the things. So I am a very slow healer. So I can even use that as an example to patients saying, oh my gosh, like this is taking a long time. And I thought I was going to be better in four months. I'm like, you're, you're, you're just getting started. Your body can detox and start the process, but there's so much damage that's done by pathogens and things that, you know, environmental things mm -hmm. that we're exposed to cleaning products, personal care, the bad food, you know, with the preservatives, there's so much reworking that we have to do that it takes time. It's not a quick fix. Yeah. And I think sometimes that can become a barrier or is a reason why people will choose this as the last resort because obviously they have to partner with us right like a person comes into our office and you probably are good about selecting who you're going to work with as well and kind of laying it out for them like what it's going to take before you get involved with them but you right. know they have to be willing to work with us partner with us make those changes and give it the time it needs and aren't we just a society of like that quick fix, right? People are still, even when they get it, I find like even when we have really well vetted, you know, word of mouth referral, page, new patients, and even those people still like, there's still a hopefulness that it's going to be faster than we're telling them. It's, right. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the exception to the, to the norm <laughs> or the exception to the rule and just be but I do, I like give like, you know, hypothetical gold stars to people. If they, you know, sometimes those organs get to a really, really good level because we test organs and systems at three weeks instead of five. And I'm like, gold star, you're way ahead of the curve, you know? And then right. if people take a little longer, I'm like, that's okay. It's totally okay if that happens. <laughs> kind of paint the picture for everyone. I mean, I know how busy you are and you kind of said like how many practices you also travel, you teach. I don't know. I'm always like, even like, I'm not only what state is there in today, but what country sometimes, <laughs> but maybe like, what is a typical day in the life of Sarah outlaw? And also like, not just what you do, like taking care of the chickens, <laughs> mucking stalls and whatever else you're doing, but like, how do you take care of you in between that? Like, how do you make time for you in the middle of getting ready for work and being on the farm and kids and everything? Yeah. So I try to be really intentional, especially this year. Um, we, I've actually had a couple, couple rough years personally and professionally, like rough, rough five or five, almost six years, just with all the transitions, just kind of with things in practice and things and business relationships that have been a little bit more drama than I would like. So I've had to really learn how to take a step back from a lot of things and learn how to take care of myself. So I like to drink, um, in the morning when I get up, drink a glass of water with electrolytes because my adrenals are always an issue. So I make sure I'm getting that salt. Um, so I'm getting, you know, good electrolytes with a lot of salt. I try to stand outside facing the sun for a few minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'm in my bare feet when I can. I mean, I live in Iowa, it's a little cold, so I don't always do the barefoot thing, but trying to just have a few minutes to myself. When my husband's out of town because he travels a lot, I do take care of the animals. So being intentional with that, bringing, bringing special, you know, food out for them, like things from my refrigerator for the chickens, like, you know, apples or lettuce or whatever. So I can have some time with them. I get a lot out of nature. So I absorb a lot from my surroundings. So that's super helpful to me. Putting my hands on my horses is super helpful and therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. um, I had a pretty serious injury last year and I couldn't use my hand for months and I'm still having trouble with it. So I can't ride them. There's things I can't do still, but I can still spend time with them and spend time with the cats and the dogs and 
Um, I spend a lot of hours seeing patients. I do have a very full practice. So that is the bulk of my week. I do have five children as well. Um, some of them are adults and they don't live at home anymore, but the ones that do, I do try to intentionally spend time with them and, and all of that. And we try to obviously eat nutritious food and, and cook and, we don't eat out a lot. Eating out is a treat because we do really like to eat out. It's one of those things where we just, it's fun to just go out. Yeah. Yeah. Else cook for you for once, but we're just trying to be super intentional. Is it stressful? Yeah. I would say that my life is pretty stressful, but I try to make sure that like days like today, it's a Friday. It's an admin day for me, unless I'm traveling. I do travel a lot of Fridays, but every once in a while I'll have a day like this where I can schedule a podcast or schedule meetings and just feel like I can breathe. I can have a cup of matcha next to me, just taking the time. I learned really early on Christy that you cannot fill from an empty cup. And I tried to do that for so, so long. And I try to tell my moms who come into me that same thing. Like you can't be the best mom and wife or friend or business person or whatever you are to other people, if you're not that to yourself first. So fill your cup first and then you can pour out to everybody else. And I know I'm a better person now than I was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, because of that, um, with all, even with all the personal lessons that I've had to learn being a fast growing business and all the things that come with that. And I didn't take care of myself when I first started coming to Iowa. I was not taking care of myself. I was traveling. I was working seven days a week. I would get one Sunday a month off. That's it. I was traveling back and forth and back and forth and teaching. And it took its toll. It took its toll. Um, so I've learned to be able to say no a little bit more too. That's a, that is a good lesson in and of itself you know like in new year's you know we're about to come up on new year's and like i have a bracelet that's like my word of the year and stuff and one year everybody was like oh it's like mine is like inspire and growth and joy i'm like my word is no <laughs> yeah <laughs> I thought that was so negative i'm like it's really not if you think about it <laughs> yeah but that's what i needed was to learn how to say no and not try to be all things to all people it's interesting because in 2019, we had a, um, you know, welcome to 2020, like a roaring twenties party yeah. office. And we had made those bracelets and my word for 2020 was clarity. Mm -hmm. And I got it in a huge way. My businesses uh, imploded uh, just a few months after that. And lots of weird things happened. And I got the clear, I got clarity. I asked for that. <laughs> I got it. And sometimes you get things in a way that you weren't sure <laughs> that you actually wanted, yeah. but you know, God has a way of bringing you things that, you know, and that's what happens. So, and, um, you have to be able to get through, you have to be able to bounce back from things. And sometimes things will happen and we have to understand that stress can affect your health. So my health started to do this number, you know, pretty quickly because of the, the amount of pressure and stress that was put on me during the first part of 2020, the end of 2019, first part of 2020, to the point where I was like, am I going to recover from this? Because I feel like my heart's going to literally explode. Like I'm so stressed out. Yeah. And then I have really, really good people. And thankfully I have a great support system. I have some really, really good friends who just kind of came alongside and said, you know what? It's, you're going to be okay. Take these supplements, you know, do these things and you're going to get through. And I did, and I got through it, but, um, stress can, it's amazing how bad it can affect your health and people don't yeah. realize stress can kill you. 
And don't you think that's so overlooked, like just a topic that people like, oh yeah, stress, whatever, like it is what it is, it's unavoidable, like, and then they just kind of sweep that whole topic under the rug, right? Do you yeah. hear the same? Yeah, because everybody, it's it's become the norm, the stressed out, you know, stressed out American lifestyle. It's like normal. It's everybody, you know, you're nine to five, the sports, the things, you know, you're running through the drive through for dinner. Like that's what life is. There's no room in the margins. I remember going to, uh, when I lived in California, the church that we went to, I remember going to a, a women's conference and I remember her speaking about that mm-hmm. saying, if you don't have any room in your margins, you need to take a good hard look at your life because there's no room. If somebody were to call and say, Hey, I need this. There's no room for that. And then like, you're, then you're freaking out. Like, I don't have any room for this, you know? So here's an example. My daughter called and said, I need you to, to pick me up from such and such tonight. Well, if I had things already scheduled or doing, I wouldn't be able to have any room for that. Cause it was an unexpected thing picking her up. I wasn't expecting you to do that. So okay. That can stress people out. And I, and I started actually adding in some emotion code and body code work into my practice over the last few years because people weren't getting better as fast as I was used to because of the amount of stress yeah. and supplements themselves weren't doing what they needed to do. We needed to give them some extra help. So mm-hmm. adding that into the practice has been life changing because now they are able to clear out some of that old, that old stuff. And able to take a breath and just regroup because we're just so like, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. And, you know, yeah, well, I, I don't know if it was a conference. I don't know where I heard this, but it got me just kind of reflective, like how often somebody's like, hey, how are you? And instead of like, you know, giving an honest answer, a lot of people will just respond, I'm busy. I've been really busy and almost like a badge of honor, right? Like, have you heard that? So I got yeah. intentional about not answering that as busy. Cause I was like, Ooh, that hurt. Like I do that. <laughs> I do that. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Cause that's kind of like, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know who originally said that, but it got my attention and it was something that I was like, okay, I can learn how to stop saying that. Well, in a lot of the work we do with patients, like I know you probably use the heart rate variability for your in-office people. And then we, like I have the aura ring and we recommend people, you know, wear it. Okay, cool. Cause it does the heart rate variability. And sometimes like, I'm just encouraging people like, okay, we go through transitions, you know, there's phases of life. There are times when we just have to like pull up our bootstraps and kind of move on and be busy, but we can't stay in that spot forever. You know what I mean? And so I always talk with patients like really a lot of the things that we're doing by getting rid of interferences and replenishing deficiencies or imbalances is making the body adaptable, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about adaptability? Yeah. So adaptability, how I see it is the body's way of being able to adjust to all kinds of stress. So internal, external, emotional, physical, mental stress, how your body can heal, how you can adapt to change. The autonomic nervous system is really in charge of how your body adapts. Like if it's cold outside, you know it as soon as you walk out the door. If it's raining, you feel it. You're getting a response to that. So sometimes, especially if mitochondria, which is your cellular energy, if that gets really tired and is not doing so well, you're going to have organs that are going to start to get tired and adaptability is going to get lower. So your thyroid's going to be out of whack. Your adrenals are going to get out of whack. I always say, don't blame the thyroid for what the adrenals did. And don't blame the adrenals for what the mitochondria did. It's kind yeah. of my, I always say, because the mitochondria is really running the show. 
And if it's making, if your cells are making really bad copies, so if you put a copy, if you put a piece of paper on the copy machine and then just keep copying the copy, eventually you're not going to be able to read that piece of paper at all. It's going to be so faded. That's what happens with your cells. When your cells replace themselves, they're replacing the copy before. So they're going to keep degenerating. So when we do that heart rate variability test that we do, we're going to see degeneration before someone is actually supposed to be at that point. So I know when I was 35, my heart rate variability, which is also a real age determination kind of sort of thing, mm-hmm. said I was 85. So I didn't want to be 85 at 35. I wanted to be 35 at 35. So you have to make it so that the cells regenerate, making copies of better copies so that you're reverse aging your cells mm-hmm. and actually having good adaptability. So you can use adaptogens for that. Ashwagandha is one of my favorites. We use we use a company called Cellcore a lot. We use BCATP to actually support the mitochondria. That has been key. And then there's ways of measuring the mitochondria and testing where actually can put a number to it to see how strong it is and then make sure that it's actually going in the right direction. But your body has to be able to adapt. Um, we see some people on the heart rate variability test. There's no difference. It's, it stays stuck. You know, so their so their heart rate, say it's 85 laying down. They go to stand up. It stays at 85. Yeah. Body didn't even notice. Or it's the opposite, where it's you know, it's say it's like 65 laying down, and it's like 125 when they stand up. Their body was like over almost over adapting. Like yeah. they they got up and the body's like, oh, it's time to run. Like it's not time to run. You're just going from laying down to standing. So these improper reactions to stress means that the body isn't able to adapt. So I like to use the example, like a mom whose baby or child toddler knocks their glass of milk off of the table and it splatters on the floor. The mom's reaction is almost like, you know, somebody crashed the front window. It's like, Oh my gosh. Whereas a proper reaction is going to be okay, honey, it's okay. But we'd have that startle, startle reaction adrenal stress, we're going to startle more. We're going to, you know, not be able to respond to stress. Everything's like the end of the world. So that's what we have to kind of pull back and say, okay, if we fix your adaptability, your situations might not change. You might still have external stress, but how your body responds to that stress is going to change. Yeah. I love that. I like some of your analogies. I haven't heard some of these before. (laughs) She's a teacher. She is a teacher, you guys. (laughs) Yes. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. So the 
the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I've noticed this in my own body. I think we're around the same age. I'm 44. You don't have to say how old you're I don't want to. I thought we were around the same age. Yeah. I'm not in perimenopause, but I would also say that at this age in my life, I feel like I would be remiss to think that my hormones aren't starting to change. My body composition isn't starting to change. You know, you notice some things. Mostly what I've noticed personally is that maybe I'm not getting the same results out of the efforts that I'm putting in, you know, and like body fat starting to accumulate in areas where before like what I, and I'm pretty active and pretty diligent. Have you noticed anything at your age, like related to hormones, body composition, or how you've had to care for yourself differently as far as diet and nutrition? Yeah, I feel like I'm in the throes of what I would consider perimenopause. I feel like perimenopause because I've always had hormone issues my whole life. So I feel like now I'm noticing, um, for example, I really didn't have to work very hard. Once I got on a program and fixed my health, my weight automatically went down. So I was, at, I've been at like the same weight for a long, long time, probably the last, well, my son's turning 12. So since I, after I gave birth to my youngest child, I've been the same weight except when I got hurt and my exercise habits drastically changed, I was, I actually started to gain weight. And now that I can exercise again, to a certain extent, I'm noticing it's not as easy. I'm not getting the results. And I'm, I was even saying to my husband the other day, I'm like, I feel like I'm fat. Like what's going, like, what's going on here? Like, why can't I, he's like, honey, you're, for, you know, I'm like, don't you dare blame that on my age. Like we're not going there. We refute it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I've actually started doing, um, I don't know. There's like, there's like these drop, like progesterone, like bio, more like bioidentical. Mm-hmm. They're all plant, no, they're plant, um, plant derived, but looking at those as more options and I'm focusing more on hormones. Mm-hmm. I was looking up last night on Dr. Jolene Brighton's site. She has an amazing, um, things about, you know, moving into that stage of life where I didn't think I was going to have to think about that already, but I am, I mean, most of my patients, if I think about it, mm, yep. Forties, fifties, they are, that's what we're, that's where we're at. Yeah. Really harder. I'm noticing, you know, a little bit more around the middle. I'm like, okay, what's my cortisol doing? So what's my, what's my, what are my hormones doing? Cause they're definitely changing. For sure. And you do some functional labs as well, right? I do a lot. Yeah. We do a ton okay. of them. I thought so. We got into that this year, mostly because of, you know, moving into the virtual space and having to yeah, just wanting to collect more data on the people that aren't, you know, in person with us. But I'm always my own guinea pig. I've put myself through all of it. And I actually just got my Dutch um, cycling female panel back. I did the whole 30 day thing and mm-hmm. I got it back because I'm going to you guys in the next episode, I'm going to talk about my last 90 day journey. I did my own metabolic confusion program with some changes in um, like macro cycling and changing up my workout routine. And then I did my hormone collection testing too. So we'll be going over that and just what my journey has been to get some changes, but I've been watching my colleagues and I'm like, I feel like we're all kind of doing similar things probably because we're around the same age and noticing our bodies just needing to be cared for in a different way. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I like the cycling. I'm about to do that um, myself just out of curiosity. So that'll be interesting. We do do, we do a lot of Dutch testing at the practice, but I've never done one. I've never done one myself. Um, I have one. I have a regular one sitting here on my counter. I just, I've sat on my counter for a while. (laughs) Yep. 
that's where it lived for a bit. I have one sitting there now for my husband because, of course, when I do something, I'm like, hey, you should do this too. <laughs> so we'll see how long his sits there. Yeah. Well, kind of along those same lines then, um, what are some of your favorite health hacks? Like we both are lovers of the liquid collagen products. I see mm-hmm. you have the Healy, which I don't really totally know a lot about. Are there any other cool things that you use that are like your biohacking tool? Yeah, my little Healy's right next to me right here. So I do, I do a lot of other biofeedback things. So I have an AO scanner. I've had that for three years. I just got another one that Cellcore recommended or they have the vendors. It's the iMate. So I just got that. I don't know the differences between that and the AO too much. So I'm trying to learn, like, is it, did I buy the same thing? Like, I don't even know, like, is it one of those things? Is it the same thing? So I'm kind of doing, but I like the, the biofeedback type of thing. So, because muscle testing is manual biofeedback, we get information that way. But then if you have the frequencies, which I uh, AO scanner and the iMate, it runs on frequency. So it's like a Rife machine, if you're familiar with, um, yeah. with Rife. So um, it's going to, give you that signal and tell you what you have going on. So you can do your emotions, you can do, you know, biofeedback for all your bioenergetic fields. It's really, really cool. You can actually clear allergies that way. So people are actually clearing peanut allergies and things that way um, with the biofeedback. So I do that. Um, I have like a wand, like a wand, like a frequency wand. I really am into frequencies. So anything that's frequency related, I really do like those. I really feel like they're helpful. I really love, um, I use the life wave patches. I have, they're actually all over me right now. Um, one of my, a subsequent injury. So after I hurt my hand, my ergonomics changed. Everything I did was the other side. So I actually ended up hurting my back really bad. I was actually paralyzed twice this past year. I couldn't walk at all because of what happened to my back. And I use these little stem cell patches. And that is really what I did chiropractic and um, physical therapy. But ultimately what I saw the most results from mm-hmm. was using these stem cell patches in the pain area and that fixed things. So that's again, frequency, like it's all frequencies and things like yeah. that. That's my, that's my main stuff is I love frequencies. Yeah. And we are all energetic. You know, people are always, I think, I don't even think the muscle testing is weird anymore. It used to be the biggest thing for people to try to get over, right? Like, oh my gosh, muscle testing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's just like the least weird thing that we do now. (laughs) Yes. Now we're trying to explain to people, maybe you can, I would love to hear how you explain quantum nutrition testing. Like how can we test virtually or by distance? Do you want to get into it? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I answer, I answer this question a lot because in my report of findings with patients, we have the virtual option, no matter if they're in office or not. So I always say we're able to do muscle testing remotely. It works on quantum physics, whereas in-person muscle testing is more biophysics and chemistry based. The quantum physics is going to be how we're going to be able to test you. So if you think of the equation from Einstein, E equals MC squared, that's the energy equation. There's no D in that equation because there's no distance when it comes to energy. It goes where it goes. So at my Des Moines office, there's a cell phone tower right outside, like two blocks away. And I say, you know, you don't question the fact that you pick up your cell phone to make a call and that's that call is going to bounce off that tower. You don't know really know how that works, but it does. If you're a praying person, you know that prayer works. You believe that if you pray for somebody in China, that that God's going to intercede and you're going to get that prayer answered or, or not or whatever. But we believe these things. My computer's wireless. My phone is wireless. We are machines. We are made up of energy. We are you know human machines. We're electricity. So basically 
we can transmit frequencies just like a machine. So I can pick up those frequencies. So in office, I can use my fingers as my testing. I can use the, the muscles of my fingers. I'm able to test, I'm able to determine exactly what someone has going on uh, the same way I would in the office because everything in life is just a frequency. So that's kind of in a nutshell how I do it. Um, sometimes what, you know, I have to go back and redo some things that depending on how their level of understanding, but I don't expect people to understand. Here's, here's the issue is that, People, we, in our country, we don't get educated past a certain level, really, unless you go into specialty field. So most of the people coming in, including myself, when I started is I never took physics. Right. I never really, I took biochemistry, you know, obviously, cause I have my master's in nutrition, but I didn't take physics. I'm just getting into quantum physics now because my doctorate degree is in quantum, is in quantum physics. It's a quantum based um, doctorate. So I'm really getting into it now. I think it's awesome, mm -hmm. but that's not. I'm looking at this materials I'm studying for this degree. I'm like, I didn't know any of this stuff five minutes ago, let, let alone you know, 15 years ago. I don't expect my patients to have that level of understanding and they shouldn't need to. And it, and I always tell people it's okay. If you don't understand, sometimes people come in, they're super analytical. Like I have to know that I have to understand this. I'm like, it's okay. If you don't, you ha don't have to know everything that I know in order for you to get well. Right. I think people think if they don't understand it, it's not going to work. Right. It will work whether you believe it or not, just like prayer, right? Uh, these things are going to work. Your cell phone's going to work whether you think it's going to or not. Yeah. It's gonna... So just having that belief that it does. And there's the, clin I love muscle testing uh, because it has so many clinical studies behind it. There are, I post it every, about every month or so I post like the list muscle testing research. And I, so everybody can see it. Mm -hmm. And now all of the quantum entanglement, all the, the Nobel, um, the Nobel prize for mm -hmm. quantum entanglement, two of them last year. So people are going to be getting more, uh, informed and aware of quantum entanglement, quantum physics, um, scalar energy, you know, all the, the way that those big billboards now work in times square, it's all scalar mm -hmm. energy. One light gets lit up and then they all know what to do. It's how it just kind of connects. It's the coolest stuff ever. So hopefully people listening to this podcast are like, okay, I'm going to Google uh, quantum physics and quantum entanglement now because what is this stuff? It's For cool. sure. I don't remember. I'm terrible about movies, but Scott and I were watching a movie a couple months ago and I was like, pause it, honey, pause. He's like, what? And yeah, I don't know if the men in your life are like the worst thing you could do is talk to them when the TV is on. <laughs> So he's like, what? Pause. I'm like, quantum design. They just said those words. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's the explanation for how all this stuff works. And I'm getting all excited. And he's like, okay, cool. He's like, can I turn the movie back on? But I was like, oh my gosh, becoming like, you know, popularized, which I get so excited yeah. about. Yeah. Can and we normalize that. that stuff. <laughs> Yeah. And we talk about matrix. We talk about the matrix movies a lot because people can, yeah. people know matrix movies and they know, you know, those green numbers that are always in the background, like mm -hmm. the frequencies and numbers and numerical. So even when I'm explaining, cause in practice, if people mm -hmm. who don't know when in muscle testing in practice, we use these little glass vials that are imprinted with the frequency of what is on the label. So if we are right. going to be testing somebody for wheat, we're using the frequency of wheat. It's mm -hmm. imprinted into the vial mm -hmm. because everything in life has those numerical frequencies, just like the matrix, all those little numbers running. Everything's math, which I hate math. I like science. I don't like math, but everything is <laughs> these numerical Fibonacci sequences. So once you start talking about that in, in, in ways that people can get like, relating them with pictures and relating them with, you know, seashells, things that you can kind of tangibly visualize, 
then the understanding the light bulb starts to to give off and then we utilize things like um in practice like utilizing those little energy conducting six the positive flows just getting people thinking about because we're just doing our daily life we don't really think about these things so it makes people stop and think which is really cool too that's what we need. Well, and you know, there's things that people don't understand that they take for granted. Like you just said, they don't understand how their cell phone works. But in medicine, even though it's, you know, that seems more normal to people, they don't know how an MRI machine works. They don't understand x-ray physics. They don't really understand the biochemistry or the target action on their genetics of what their pharmaceutical prescription meds are doing. So it's like, I love that you give people permission to not understand. I think that's a good way. They just let them off the hook. Like you don't need to know. Like luckily we got our doctorate or degree or whatever certifications that we needed to be able to help you so that you don't have to know all this stuff. It takes all kinds. Like I'm not an engineer. It takes other people to build the roadways and do all the amazing things and inventions that they do. Cause I don't have time or interest in any of that stuff. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah. let the experts do the expert stuff and just have faith and confidence. And that's our, in our patients, trust us. They trust that we know what we're doing and we do take the time. Education is a huge part of my practice. I mean, we have, I've done videos that have been free to the public for years, yeah. you know, workshops that I put out there and don't, you know, we don't charge for any of those things just because we want people to understand. So we break it down. So you know, in, in the practice room, in the treatment room, you might not be telling everything, but we say, we refer to the video, say, Hey, watch this video. If you want more education, join our workshop. It's online. It's easy access because we want people to be able to learn how to fish. We don't want to feed them all that information consistently and say, you know, this and this, this A equals B and all these things, because they might not be with us forever. We would love to have them on maintenance programs. You know, for wellness. Yes. Ever. <laughs> But in case they're not, we want them to have learned from their time with us to be able to take care of themselves and their families efficiently. And we, we educate them on that. Yeah. See, Sarah and I were both taught similar that like, we're kind of putting ourselves out of business, you know, like we get people well, which is amazing and great. And then they don't need us anymore because they learn how to do it and sustain it, which is so awesome. But it's never, but somehow, even though that is the case, we never put ourselves out of business. Like, because more people like them keep coming. Right. Yes. They're telling their friends and family, Hey, go here because they'll get you better. No one else yeah. is. Yeah. And it's funny because like I mentor a lot of people who are either just starting out with nutrition response testing or like wanting to get in the health career. And they're like, you know, asking me about what their options are and kind of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, it's really, you know, like your education will meet you where you're at. You know, when you're at beginner level and you're getting introduced to it, that's one thing. Like even nutrition response testing, as we learned, you know, we did a professional level and then we did an advanced level. And that always met us where we were at because once we started helping people on the professional level, well, they started sending more complex. Hey, if you could help with this, can you help with that? And if you could help with this, can you help with that? And then you're like, gosh, now I need to go get some more training because these cases are crazy. And then how long have you been in practice, Sarah? I don't know that. Um, I started my training in 2013 and mm -hmm. officially started practicing like officially, officially 2014. So okay. I just didn't know. Um, 
it's interesting because like when I was a new graduate from chiropractic school, which was over 20 years ago, I remember these like old wise people, you know, that I would go to conferences and they were mostly older men in the chiropractic world at that point. And they would talk about how bodies are different and how they don't heal the same way and how, you know, the chiropractic adjustment doesn't heal everything. Like they used to see all these, they perform the miracle adjustment or toggle the atlas and then like everything got better. And even Dr. Freddy Yulon said the same. And then in his lifetime, you know, now bodies are more complicated and they require more healing. And even in the in the time I've been in practice, I've seen that that's been the case. And I'm sure you've seen that in the last 10 years as well. That's why we keep doing all this extra training and we brought in CellCore and we learn about different product lines and what used to work just doesn't work anymore in the same way. Have you seen that already? Yeah, especially with parasitic stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I have some theories on why in the last few years that possibly it's the old stuff stopped working, um, but we have had to really pivot in the last three years and how we handle those cases. And, and there's so many more cases that are harder and more complicated because of the last three years than 2020. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that because I think it's interesting to talk to my colleagues, you know, like Iowa, New Jersey, South Carolina, Florida, back I'm from New York. And I think we're kind of all still dealing with the same things, but it's interesting to see if there's trends in different areas, like different corners of the country. Um, just in the last couple of years, do you want to talk about some trends that you've seen or do you have any predictions for, you know, what's coming up in the next year that people should prepare themselves or how they could better prepare them, their health? Yeah, uh, for children, trend-wise, I'm seeing a lot more pandas, pans and pandas, a lot more strep, latent strep. I've This year has been crazy for that. This calendar year, I've seen so many cases. We're kind of becoming like known for pandas cases, mm -hmm. <laughs> cases and lots of emotional issues that are stemming from just, um, you know, latent strep, basically. Mm -hmm. that, that's not, um, that's asymptomatic. And then the parasitic issue, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it too. My theory for that is, for anybody who's interested, is that there was an uptick in the use of humans using ivermectin and using it prophylactically and using it maybe when they didn't need it. So what I think has happened, a lot of my colleagues agree with this, is that the paras parasites and pathogens can morph and they can adapt. That's why you have MRSA in hospitals, so prevalent antibiotic resistant bacterias that's why strep is even more prevalent now is because antibiotic resistance and especially with children being on antibiotics. So the same thing seems to be happening with parasites is that they're getting wise to the things that are being done. And because ivermectin is a medication, even though it's, you know, safer, et cetera, you know, we use it for horses and things like that, but it has caused a harder resolution for parasite cases. So we used to be able to use standard process and Medier, no problem. And it doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. So I would be testing and testing and people will be honest forever and ever. I'm like, this isn't working anymore. We, we literally have stopped using those products for that specific thing. We used to use for nutrition, but we can't use it for that. We can't use um, even things like um, some of the whole food remedies for bacteria, viruses, those are the things we would use for the immune system aren't working as well anymore since yeah. 2020. So, you know, a lot of people were in their homes for a long period of time. They weren't exposed to as many germs. And then when we got re-exposed to the world and the germy place that it is, 
which, you know, we could talk about thermal theory, terrain theory, all we want, but you know, it's, you're getting exposed to toxins that are activating viral things in your body. So, and we got exposed to more, think of the hand sanitizer, all the hand sanitizer was sold out everywhere. You couldn't find it. People were Lysoling everything. So all of those toxins were activating viral reactions in the body because, because um, those types of viral infections and viral issues are basically part of who we are. We have them by the billions in the body, most likely, and they don't express themselves. You're not um, symptoms unless you have a toxin and the body's like, okay, now I have to get rid of this. And now we have snotty noses and we're coughing and our eyes are running and all these things. So that's kind of how that process works. So we're seeing more and more of that. So we had a, a spe very specific case where um, uh, the mom calls, little girl is in the ER, not sure what's going on. She's a patient of mine. Oh, like all of a sudden, like really, really sick, like with like almost seemed like a virus. So I tested remotely and found glyphosate. So, you know, pesticide. Mm -hmm. And I just said, and I didn't tell her what I found. I said, Hey, where have you guys been to the park or where have you been? This was in the summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We actually were at uh, her other son's baseball game. They were in the field. They were in the fields all day. Well, baseball fields are known for spraying things, right? So she had actually picked up, he was rolling around the grass and got acute like basically glyphosate poison. Mm -hmm. He was really, really, really sick. And she had an IV and all, I mean, all these things. Um, and that's what we found. But I also found viral stuff. I'm like, okay, well, it's like a bad flu, but not. So it's almost like a chemical flu. Mm -hmm. So these weird things. And, and the great thing about muscle testing is that we can put these piece, these things together. Things aren't always what they seem. So sometimes things that you think they are, aren't. So we're seeing more trends like that. We're seeing more trends now that we know what to look for. We're seeing parasites, viruses that are caused by chemicals or contributed to or expressed mm -hmm. by chemicals, those types of things. So yeah. that's what we're seeing. Well, and you can, you know, we know for a fact that like something that was called a virus responded to something that was an anti-parasitic. And so when Sarah's talking about is like these stealth pathogens or they're mutated or something that looks like one thing actually behaves and responds to a whole nother thing. And that's why I found also, and you can comment on this also, as well as that I find that there's even more people that are going for traditional blood labs and medical testing and having mystery type medical symptoms and not getting answers because there is no medical test for what we're talking about. There's They don't even test for half of the stuff and there isn't a test, right, for what we're talking about. Yeah, there isn't. And, and the thing I've noticed too with all the parasite stuff that we have is that there's, there aren't the correct tests for that. So people's mm -hmm. symptoms, so think of all, every single case of Crohn's and colitis and gastritis I've had, there's been an a, a underlying parasitic imbalance in the body, mm -hmm. but they've already gone and gotten, a lot of them have gotten, gotten those tests and nothing has shown up. Right. Well, because they're not testing the right things. They're not testing the right places. They're just testing a little bit of stool well, they're not going to be just right there at, at that and that little bit of stool. They're going to be somewhere else. It's almost like if you have a bowl of Skittles and you take all the green ones out mm -hmm. and then you, you uh, have all the green ones in one corner, you take a handful. Are there green Skittles in the bowl? Yeah, they're, they are, but they're all the way over here. Well, right. that's when you do a parasite, you know, do a stool test. The parasites were somewhere else in the intestines or they're somewhere else entirely. And they're like, nope, you don't have any. Same with your mm -hmm. dog. You take a stool sample from the dog. No parasites. You know how many dogs I've still found parasitic imbalances in, exactly. even out of clean stool sample. 
Right. So the medical system, their tests are missing things. Think about labs. Like let's talk about labs for a minute. Cause I love doing, I mean, I've learned, I've did a functional blood work course this week, this year, um, became certified and, um, being a blood work specialist, so I can really learn it. And that's become a huge part of my practice over the last three years and putting those labs into those functional ranges and realizing that you can, people like will start crying because they actually can see that. Yes. Your labs actually do say there's something going on, even though your doctor said there wasn't normal, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, you know, you're not sick enough. Basically you're not sick enough for the, this test, even though you're sitting there with visible signs of illness, telling your doctor, you don't feel good. Nope. Right. Your lab's normal. Go take an antidepressant. How many times have people heard that? Mm-hmm. So our practices tend to be the last stop on a long train. We're like the caboose, yeah. you know? And they've tried everything else. So sometimes they come to us and they're, they're exhausted. They're like, I'm done. Like, can you really help me? Because I can't even right now. So you're getting people who are dejected. They're, they've been gaslit. They're all of these things. And they're just, it's so, it's so sad. I've been there. It happened to me. So me too. That was my part of my whole story as well. Yeah. So. I know. And that's hard because, you know, I hope in my lifetime, this is my ultimate goal that is in my lifetime, before I lay it down to rest, that we see a paradigm shift where people do what we do, seek this out as their first res- first option rather than their last resort. Like, I hope I see it before my last breath on this planet. Yeah. People yeah. want it. So they do. Time, yeah. They do. And our, you know, our practices are full because mm-hmm. people are looking for answers and we're giving them answers. And I wish more people, and I know my video that went up on my social media pages today where I, did, I was doing a thing where I wish I knew you when so many people have said, I wish I knew you when, and yeah. this was about, I wish you knew, I wish I knew you when I was pregnant with my children. Cause then I, you could help me with these things and all these, you know, they make you do all these run, jump through hoops with the glucose tests and all this mm-hmm. stuff. You know, there's, there are other answers. You don't have to follow the medical paradigm. You don't have to get those. Oh, when you're 50, you get this test. And when you're 55, you get this test. And you have this and this and this and this. And you got the colonoscopies and the, and the mammograms. Why do we have to go down that, that rabbit hole when there's other ways of taking care of yourself, but then insurance companies won't cover routine care from the holistic mindset. So nutritionists aren't covered. Sometimes chiropractors are, sometimes they're not. Um, you know, naturopaths usually aren't depending if they're medical or not. So it's, it's so frustrating. I want to pull my hair half, half the time. I know. Yeah, we, I mean, same. And, you know, people get upset that their insurance doesn't cover holistic and preventative and wellness care. And we're like, we get it. Like you pay for, you pay good money for this stuff, but you have to, you know, my thing is that you have to understand what you subscribe to. Like you made a contract with your healthcare, (laughs) with your healthcare insurance company to make decisions on your behalf. And you didn't realize that that was the agreement when you signed up and paid them that money. But we want to stay outside of that because we don't want a board of people who aren't even doctors making decisions on our behalf. Like we know our patients. We should be the ones that can make the decisions on your behalf. You don't want a bunch of strangers and people didn't maybe even realize that they're not doctors and they're definitely not chiropractors (laughs) on those decision-making panels, right? Yeah, Definitely. And mm-hmm. I always encourage people, if you have the option, especially when it's open enrollment time to look at HSAs, look at mm-hmm. FSA, HSA is better than FSA usually, but look mm-hmm. at the health savings account, because then you can choose, you can mm-hmm. choose where that money goes. Yeah. 
And um, don't check, just don't, don't automatically check that no box thinking, oh, I don't know what that is. I've had people do that. I'm like, just look into it because then you have options. You're to actually choose your healthcare. Yeah. I know a lot of our patients use HSA. I agree. HSA is easier to navigate and gives you less need to prove medical necessity and additional notes and whatnot. But yeah, we, a lot of our patients use that as a resource, just as a way to kind of self-insure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is worth it. We've had multiple patients uh, utilize yeah. that for their programs. Yeah, especially if you're self if you're self-employed, you have the option. It's so expensive to get health insurance as a self-employed person. So look into some of these programs that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so it's the holidays. It is. <laughs> it's the it's the slippery slope season of sugar. <laughs> I always say like it starts with like Halloween and then Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's and Valentine's and like we could just keep the ball rolling with all the excuses to like keep on going right (laughs) but what are some of your favorite healthy holiday traditions I feel like well we just went through Thanksgiving which is my favorite holiday and a lot of my patients did really really well because if you think about it Thanksgiving food in general is pretty good you know you have a turkey you have the side dishes and most of the side dishes are okay. Some of them are a little questionable. If you're adding marshmallows or whatever you're doing, but <laughs> just minimizing. So I always tell my patients, they do not have to bring a food journal in for the, the, the day of the holiday. Cause I don't, they don't have to like own up to that. <laughs> just yeah. enjoy the day. Just, just make more mindful choices. So mm-hmm. you can use swaps. You can swap out, you know, you don't have to use brown sugar. You can use coconut sugar. You can use maple syrup. You can use honey. You can have a little bit of those things. I don't, you don't, unless you're really going through like lime or something like that, where you cannot yeah. have sugar at all, which that was me for two years, like no sugar in any form for two years, pretty much because my system was so bad, but generally people can tolerate, you know, 20 grams or so 25 grams of sugar. Um, natural sugars are better. Obviously we want to avoid the white sugar, but don't, I don't like to look as food and you, you guys do like the 90, 10, it's the Mm -hmm. 90, 10. style, yeah, which I love, I love that concept. I'm definitely more 90, 10 than 80, 20. Just take that, take that, um, that smaller percentage and say, okay, that's going to apply to my holiday. Mm -hmm. I used to be so, I was so militant when it came to food years ago. And I learned that, you know what, this is actually not helping me. This is not helping me because I'm actually offending people (laughs) (laughs) where I wouldn't even take a taste. So, okay. I don't have to eat the whole slice of, of the pie that has the corn syrup in it, but I could take a bite and just acknowledge that they made that for me. You know, there's things, there's ways to be a nice person (laughs) and still (laughs) food restrictions. Obviously if I was allergic to it, I wouldn't, I would say, I'm, you know, politely refused, but there's, there's workarounds for things. So being flexible, giving yourself grace, um, understanding that if you're cooking at home, you have control over what you're cooking and you can cook a beautiful, healthy, gluten-free paleo meal, whatever for your family. But if you're going out, if you have to bring your own stuff, if you're in the throes of lime, in the throes of, of whatever, knowing that sugar feeds those pathogens, just make better choices. And if you need help with that, you've got practitioners like Christy and I to be able to help you with that. Like we can help you navigate what is actually healthy. 
Yeah. And don't you think too, like we were talking about trends and over the course of our careers, it's so much more navigable now. Like even the recipes, like, you know, when I started out and you would put in like gluten-free chocolate chip cookies or muffins or something, and the recipe would be gross and it'd be soupy or hard as a rock. Like you would waste, I wasted so many $15 bags of coconut flour <laughs> back in the day. But nowadays, if you put in a recipe search, it, they're decent. They're palatable. Most people don't even know the difference. So don't you find it's more navigable than it used to be? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you have, you know, companies like Simple Mills who've come along mm -hmm. and made it more easy for people who are just in a hurry and need, you know, yeah. just some brownies, <laughs> just one brownie and they can just put it in there and, you know, make it really healthy. So yeah, we have a lot more options. Kids have more options. You have more, you know, even bread options with like Canyon Bakehouse and other brands that are, are, corn and wheat free. So that's good for people who are really struggling with the, the inflammation. So it's really people didn't understand too. It's not the food is not the main problem. It's the inflammatory response that the food can cause because the immune system and the gut are compromised. So we focus on healing of the gut healing of what's causing inflammation. Then foods are a little bit more easy to handle. So I used to be sensitive to every food and most water, everything like my body would react and I don't react to anything anymore. So yeah. just because we've healed the mechanisms. Yeah. So looking at as food at food as the enemy, like food, like substances, they they're different. So Lunchables, Go-Gurts, things that are, you know, cheese product. I'm always yeah. like, what is cheese product? Exactly. <laughs> Velveeta. <laughs> Those things are not food. So we have to help our patients and even your listeners when they're looking at, okay, what do you mean by like, what do you talk about food, real food versus fake food? Look at the ingredients. If there's all these ingredients listed that you're not sure what they are, it's more chemical than food. So things closer to the natural state. So that's why I love the holidays and being able to cook because I'm cooking with raw milk or I'll cook cooking with things that are like real yogurt or things that are more healthy, veg, fresh vegetables whole cranberries. So you have that option to use actual real amazing food during the holidays versus a canned thing of green beans or canned mushrooms or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Stove top. <laughs> yeah. No stove top stuffing. No, no, no. no box mashed potatoes. No. I actually had a lot of fun. I made a whole um, healthy cookbook a holiday um, cookbook for our patients this year. We'd already had like a bunch of recipes. So I just compiled it in like a nice like little flip book for them. And I just encourage people like look at it as a fun experiment instead of like restriction and, you know, getting into all the self-sabotage and like, I can't have it and the rulesy thing. It's like, okay, you're going to try some new things and like some of them you're going to like and some you're going to be like, okay, I'm never going to have that again. Or maybe I could do this in a little bit of a different way. But if you look at it as a fun experiment and you get your kids involved in that too, right? Like if you get the family involved, kids love trying new stuff. If you present it that way, if you present it as you can't have this, you can't have cookies, you can't have it. Like, of course they're gonna, even as an adult, your child, like, doesn't your inner child come out and get rebellious when somebody tells you you can't have that? I'm like, I know my Italian New Yorker and myself is like, you want to bet. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So I just tell people do your best and forget the rest. Uh-huh. I love it. So that's like Tony Horton. That's old P old P90X. That's what they used to do. You know, my husband used to do that P90X stuff in the middle I used of to do it. Yeah. Tony Horton, do your best and forget the rest. And I'll never forget that because it's true. You know, you are so hard on themselves and you don't have to be. Like that's a holiday. It's not every day. Yeah. And 
you know, if you feel, take some, en- take some enzymes, do your best and mm-hmm. you might pay a price the next day for a little bit, but just make the, you know, the decisions you're making, make your decision based on you and how, you know, you're going to feel or whatever. So, um, yeah, especially food restrictions for kids. Like I'm really, I'm a lot more careful these days watching kids as they get older through my practice the last 10 years and watching the parents who were maybe overly restrictive and watching those kids go a little bit nuts as far as what they then all of a sudden they're hoarding. They're like hiding food. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, they're going into the pantry and stealing things. So just being really careful that we're not inducing a eating disorder Correct. because we're so restrictive and really teaching the children because over half my practice is kids. So really taking the time to teach these kids mm-hmm. why and teaching them where their foods come from and getting them involved in the kitchen. Like you said, it's mm-hmm. really, really important versus say you can't have that. It's, it's a whole mindset where you have to really be careful. Cause even on my own children's watching them grow up in their relationships with food and, you know, you know, learning from mistakes or things that I could have done better on with the food, with the sensitivities that they had. Yeah. So. Right. And it's all a learning curve. Like you heard me and Sarah both say, like, we didn't know what we did before we both are open to treating our body with a different level of care than we did as our bodies go through changes. Like it's just a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. And I think, I don't know, you can comment on this too, but I think like the biggest overall gift, like of course we give people their health back and we help them eliminate symptoms and whatever conditions motivated them to come in in the first place. There's always something like people don't come in and say, I feel great. Like I just thought I'd come and introduce myself, (laughs) but you can't do that. We love it. But the biggest thing that we give back to people is like, knowing being able to tune into what their body is saying right like when you remove all the distractions and you create balance and your body is able to talk to you sooner instead of in a big blow up emergency state and these little signs and subtle things like okay like I had a little bit of this at Thanksgiving my digestion wasn't as awesome the next day and then make a decision was it worth it or was it not worth it will I ever do that again or do I not ever want to do that touch that thing again and everybody's different like I liked how you said that, Sarah, like, depending on what your healing journey is, your body might not give you a lot of grace if you're at the beginning of your healing journey, you might not be able to like, introduce or so I hate the word cheat, but I think people understand what I mean when I say that, you know, you might not be able to cheat in the beginning. But if you heal the body, then eventually your body gives you grace and you can reintroduce those things unless it is a full blown allergy. That's like the best case scenario, right? Yeah, for sure. I know when we were doing our training at at Yulin, Years and years ago, and now um, we used to when we used to go out to eat, and they'd bring the bread to the table. We would say, "Is it worthy?" Yeah. So we would actually, t- you know, take a piece and t- and if it wasn't, we'd be like, "You know what? We're not even gonna. Not we're, it's not. It. It. It's yeah. not worthy. It's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. what we'll probably go through tomorrow." But yeah. sometimes, you know, you have that really amazing Italian fresh baked bread, and you're like, "I'm gonna have a little piece of that." Depending on your journey, like I like I said, I couldn't do that in the beginning, but. Yeah. Now, you know, it's different. I have a lot of people now on the sourdough bandwagon. It's like hugely popular now making sourdough, which is definitely healthier, especially if you're getting it from, um, I'm more, I'm more carnivore. I eat more carnivore, paleo carnivore mostly, but, um, doing sourdough from like einkorn wheat, that's from Europe versus the United States. You're going to get a lot healthier version of a bread, how it probably was more in Bible times. I would think. Yeah. Yeah. Ancient grains, anything like that. Oh my gosh, I can't even get into it because of time. My whole debacle with sourdough, but oh no, <laughs> oh 
another podcast. I want to hear. <laughs> I know. I will. Yeah, we'll have Dr. Christie's sourdough debacle. But I have. Um, I had to just end up ordering it. Like I found a really cool company that uses like artisan sources from like artisanal bankeries around the country. <laughs> it just gets delivered to me now. So done. I solved it. I'm yes. a problem solver. <laughs> Good. Good because the stuff at Whole Foods is GM is genetically modified. It says it right on the package. Yeah, it's Great. not. Most sourdough is like maybe they put a little bit of sourdough and the rest is just normal bread anyway. But you gotta yeah. make people. You do. Okay, yeah. my dear. This has been awesome. I know I always learn a ton from Sarah every time I get to interact with her and listen to her. Um, we're gonna put her Instagram handle in the show notes. I highly recommend you follow her. She, like she said, gives out tons of awesome free education and health info, um, inspiration, mindset stuff, recipes, cooking. I love all your videos with the cooking. I always like, it inspires me. Um, but any last words of wisdom to our audience? Any closing remarks? <laughs> Just basically have a great holiday season. Um learn how to fill your own cup first and when you know better you do better and you can't beat yourself up for what you didn't know in the past i love it amen that's a good good closing remark <laughs> okay well thank you thank you you're welcome it's been a pleasure Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside. <laughs>